Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog. Welcome to Here We Are on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lucy Weston. Thank you for joining us for the first Chick Flick Chat, where we chat about women's roles and roles for women in all types of movies that have been recently released on DVD and on demand. The movie, Rachel Getting Married, starring Anne Hathaway, is our topic for today, June 12, 2009. I am pleased to introduce my co-host for this episode, Susan Ragazzo, my friend and colleague, as well as an avid film enthusiast. Besides being a linguistics student, she is a talented vocalist, and her favorite movies are The Princess Bride, Moulin Rouge, and The Whole Wide World. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for inviting me to join you. I am so excited to talk about Rachel getting married. There are so many female relationships to discuss in this movie, so... Where do you want to start? Well, I don't know. I can't believe I almost missed this film, Sue. Uh, now that I, I understand why Anne Hathaway received the Oscar nod for Best Actress, we um, only have 15 minutes, and there's a lot to dissect, but I want the audience to know that this is the first time you and I are discussing this film. We saw it at separate times, and we waited until tonight to be the first time to have our chick flick chat. So I think uh, let's start with Anne Hathaway herself and her character, Kim. Okay, sounds good. So Kim uh, has many female relationships in this role. One of the predominant ones is with her sister, Rachel, and that is played by, um, who is that, Rosemary DeWitt. Yeah. And um, they have quite a tumultuous relationship. It's one of those love-hate relationships that sisters often have. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and I found it very endearing. I found that they had a very strong sisterly bond and a strong history together. But at the same time, they also had a constant competition and a power play, especially when it came to their relationship with their father. You know, it's funny. You found it endearing. I, I, I agree about the father, and I want to get into that. I was, from the get-go with this relationship, when she first comes home from, I guess we should give a little backstory that Kim is getting released for a weekend wedding uh, for her sister Rachel, 
to she's getting released from what was it like a rehab center? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, parents pick her up and they bring her home and she comes upstairs. She knocks on the door. The sister opens the door. She's trying on the sister Rachel try, is trying on her wedding dress, and that's the first time they've seen each other obviously for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of tension and. Uh, but you're, it's two-sided. And she comes in, and who's in the room is the best friend, Emma, which has mm. another, a whole other aspect of this female relationship between the sister and the friend. Um, what I found interesting was the first interaction that we see between Kim and her sister Rachel is that they, dis- they, they have a conversation about another party that's not in the room. We never see this other person about some story that that person told somewhere in their lives. It wasn't mm-hmm. about anybody that they knew or each other. Mm-hmm. And Emma, Rachel's best friend, is on the floor listening. So she's left out of the conversation. Yes, yes. And I think that speaks to that sisterly bond. I mean, it could, because uh, as we realized throughout the film, uh, Rachel and Emma are best friends, and they're very close. Yes. But once Kim steps onto the scene, the dynamic changes somewhat. And, and with Emma being on the floor, that's a very interesting point you make. You know, it kind of shows it's a physical shift in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we see the two sisters coupling together on the bed, reliving old stories. And but Emma not their own of, story. Not their own story. Not their that's own. Yeah. right. Which, which, and you're right about that, that it's the, the levels. Like here, the two sisters have the higher relationship than the sister friend. The yeah. friend's always going to be below the sister mm-hmm. yeah. relationship. Even though, as we see in the film, Emma and Rachel are probably more well suited to each other through their friendship than the actual blood sisters. Yes, agreed. As a matter of fact, uh, Emma is Rachel's maid of honor. And yeah. to Kim's dismay when she finds out, and she finds out accidentally, she's not, she doesn't even find out from her sister. Right. And then it becomes the whole, well, I was going to tell you, but... <laughs> yes, and it gets ugly from there. <laughs> and, you know, nobody wants to not be the maid of honor. Everyone has a friend that you hope you get asked. And, uh, but, oh, and then the, the friend Emma has to give up the position, even though she reluctantly gives it up. Very reluctantly, because she feels that she really has been closer to Rachel than, than Kim has. And, and you know what? She's probably right. I could understand her feelings of upset. I think she says, I earned it. Yeah. Or how yeah. did she, I think I, I earned it, right, or something. And, right. and, and Kim is just assuming that she's the maid of honor by virtue of being the sister. Exactly. Exactly. And Emma did earn it. Emma did earn it. You know, I have a, I have a sister, and, and I feel the same way, you know. I have friends that happen to be closer to me than my sister is, except there is that bond with the sister that creates a certain assumption. Now, interesting about Emma, when they get to the rehearsal dinner, uh, and again, for the audience, if you haven't seen this, it all takes place pretty much within like a three-day wedding, weekend wedding event. They go to the rehearsal dinner, and, and it's, what, 25, 26 people sitting around a table and there's music. Mm-hmm. It's really a fun party. Yeah. Emma stands up as the, at that point, was she still the maid of honor? No. You know what? I was, I was a little um, unsure about that myself because she was standing up acting as if she were still the maid of honor, but I don't believe she was at that point. And she told the story about how she's known mm-hmm. Rachel her whole life. And she yeah. tells a story, though, that they experienced together. Yeah unlike the story earlier that we heard between the two sisters, which was about somebody else's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
you know, I wish I had taken better notes during that part because I can't remember what it was, but we'll move on. Um, so that's an interesting uh, aspect that Emma actually has the experiences with Rachel. Yeah, exactly. About point. about the title, let me just say, because we learned during the this part of the party where they, somebody sings a, a song and then says, oh, I'm here, you know, and I, Rachel getting married. Yeah. And I thought, when, before I had seen this, that the Anne Hathaway character was going to be Rachel. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Okay. You weren't okay. surprised by that? Did you know? Uh, you know, I, I, don't think, I don't think I thought it was Anne Hathaway's character, but I, I don't know that I really knew who Rachel was. We, because the, the, even though Rachel is the, she's the center of attention, oh, this, this brings up an interesting aspect. I want to come back to this at, towards the end, uh, Sue, because Rachel's finally the center of, the, of attention for her wedding. Yeah. But because of other things that happen in the family, and we're going to give it away, so anybody listening, there had been a younger brother named Ethan that Kim takes to the park, and she is high on drugs, and at some point drives home and gets in a car accident, and the little boy dies. We don't see that. It's all told in uh, in a reflection yeah. monologue that she does. But, uh, okay, so Rachel, ever from that point on, the family fell apart, is what I assumed from it. Yeah, the parents yeah. got divorced. The, the, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was there a, section, a, a moment where they peeked into a room and it was still the boy's room? Do you remember hmm. that? You know what? I don't. I don't recall that. I'm gonna have to, to go me, back and look now. I have right. If you see it again, I, I I missed it and I couldn't play it. I I saw it on on demand, so I couldn't play it back. Um, and I thought, oh, was that the little boy's room where they never really moved on? Like it's it's been years. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be at least ten years since this well, happened. Well, there was there was also the moment in the kitchen, and there's that plate. It was Ethan's plate. Yes, that, where he keeps right. He keeps uh, reappearing. Exactly. So, like you said, they haven't really moved on. It's a, it's a plate, and they couldn't get rid of it. Couldn't get rid of it, and, he, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's it, it, but it's stacked in between other dishes. Yeah. So yeah. he's there, but he slipped in between everything. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I think I think all this brings us to the mother, which I really think we need to discuss. Okay. The mother, like you said, after after the Ethan incident happened. Oh wait, 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 uh, wait. First, say who plays it. Oh, yes, this is very important. Uh, Tim's, Tim and Rachel's mother is played by Deborah Winger, which was a surprise to, uh, to me. Me too. And she looks great. She does. She did a great job. I was very happy with her. Great acting is always very yep. handsome. She looks yep. really beautiful. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it was a, a minor role, perhaps, in terms of, of scripting, major role in terms of uh, her impact and her yes. on the family. And, and, you know, you, that role called for an actress that could handle uh, a lot of layers without a lot of dialogue, and she did yeah. it beautifully. She really and I'm did. actually really surprised, now that we're past Oscar season and the movie's out, and that Deborah Winger didn't get a better write-up right? or more attention about this because she did a beautiful job. And, and it's, that was not a, a, an easy role. No, to pull no, off, and with all the layers that were going on with her. Uh, the one thing I did find really funny reminded me of my own mother. Not that I'm a smoker, I'm not. But when they were at the party and Kim takes out the cigarettes and the mother says, oh, why are you yeah. smoking? You, should, you really shouldn't be smoking. And then she's like, oh, it's a party, Mom. And, the mother, and Abby, the mother, says, oh, don't, please don't smoke. 
stop smoking. And she's getting, and it becomes about the smoke. Like, it's a power struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's the mother, bottom yeah. line. Whether, it, whether she's detached herself from the family unit, she's still the mother. She's still the mother because the parents are divorced. And we presume from the history we get is that they're divorced as of, of upon Ethan passing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let me just look at my uh, my notes. Okay, tell me else, what else you thought about the mother. Oh, okay. Um, the mother. Well, you know what? There were. She was definitely. She was very detached. Even when she was in the room with mm-hmm. her daughters, she was seated away from them. And she you know, showed up late. And she showed up late. There was always mention of her, and the girls mm-hmm. were always asking, "Where's mom? Where's mom?" But mom was nowhere to be found. Right. Um, and the girls were always happy to see her. They, you know, they talked well of her. Uh, but she, you know, she and they were looking for her. That's right. Were. Where's mom? Why isn't she here? Where is yeah. she? Yeah. But then when but she showed up, she didn't really deliver no. what they needed. She, she was like another guest at the party. Ex- exactly. Yeah. She was, I absolutely. She was like blended into the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, which, it, you got the impression that they they all, they knew the people that were attending that party. At least Rachel did, and her fiance did better than she knew her own mother. Oh, absolutely! When they were standing up and giving toasts, they were referring to to the groom's family like like yes. they were their beloved. The yes. mother, not a single mention, not a single mention. But that's that's apparently what she she wanted to create distance between her and her family, and she did a will. <laughs> yeah, she definitely did. Um, I, I hope I'm not belaboring the point about this party, but the speech the party does go on for quite a while. And director Jonathan Demme did do an excellent job in making us feel like we were part of that party, like oh, we were yeah. sitting around that table, Absolutely. listening to the songs and the speeches. When when Kim stands up and gives the speech, mm. and and basically talks about you know she got let out of the big house and and it becomes about her, yeah. And then she apologizes to everything. For, to everybody for everything that she's been, you know, involved in and, and all the things that have happened. It, and then at the end she, of that speech, though, she does show some gratitude. Um, but the sister, when they get home, oh. that is a phenomenal scene. Was it? It was. I, th- I felt like it was a, a scene between me and my sister. Okay. Because that's really what happens, you know? It does. It's it's, it, was, it was real familial oh. fighting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And knock down, drag out, and you know who's daddy's favorite. You know you always got the best. You know it's all, you know they each think for whatever reason that they're the underdog. And the father is caught in the middle, whether he puts himself there or he doesn't. He, he is caught in the middle. Absolutely. And they are sort of because this, Rachel says to him at one point something like, "Dad, again, it's you know you always yeah. take her side." And he's like, "No, I don't." And and you know then they talk about her Kim's addiction, mm-hmm. and Rachel's going on. They're having this fight, but then she turns out and she says uh, she turns around and says, "I'm pregnant." And what uh. does Kim say? Unfair. That's yes. unfair. <laughs> that was great. I have to say that was fantastic. Because you see how self-centered she is. Yes. And she is self-centered. Now, whether that's because of her, her past mm-hmm. or she still has issues to work through, you know, that's, you know, whatever her character is about. But it was, it was excellent. It, I think it really showed the character and what she's going through. It, but, but don't you think her, her part of her 
uh, when she said it was unfair, well, she her point was, I think, that she 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 it was an unfair tactic to take by Rachel at that moment when they were maybe finally getting to the nitty gritty of what everybody's frustration was about. Well, do you think she really wanted to get to the nitty gritty? I think it was I think it was all the power play. I think that whole argument was about the power play. I don't necessarily know that she wanted to get to nitty gritty. Yeah. I don't know. I think she did, which, which let's, let's jump from that scene to when she goes to see the mother, when mm-hmm. Kim goes to see the mother. And they have the talk, and Ethan, the subject of Ethan comes up, and she asks the mother, why did you leave me with him? Yeah. And Abby, Deborah Winger's character, says, I didn't think you were going to kill him. Yeah. And they have this fight, and they slap each other, and, and then Kim gets in the car and has another car accident. Mm. which I thought was ironic after it was, she had the car accident with Ethan, and here she goes, she just finally brings up the issue of Ethan. It's like he's traveling with her, and she has another accident. I think the second accident was purposeful. You know, I wasn't sure. You thought that? Absolutely. I absolutely think that she had it. She was done with it. You know, the thing with the mother was the straw on the back, the fight, and she just wanted it done. She's been battling her whole life with drugs. So you thought it was suicidal? Rehab. I do. I do. Hmm. I wasn't sure wrong. because the, the the one thing I did notice was as she's driving down the road, she comes she's coming to a fork, and she goes straight. So it's like yeah. she doesn't know which way to go in her life. Oh, interesting. interesting. So I, I, but you're right. I mean, it was obviously somewhat purposeful, and she was very upset driving. So you weren't in the direction. Was like you're. Not, I don't know if I saw it again. Maybe I'd think maybe differently. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't suicidal. I just thought it was interesting about the fork. Yeah, that is very interesting. And perhaps and it's she, a combination of both. She just doesn't know where to go. So where to go. Has, you know? Where do you turn? Yeah, yeah. Um, about that mother's house. Yeah. Very telling that it was a really, I wouldn't say stark, but it was very modern and new in relationship or comparison to the father's house where they had grown up. Which was more homey. Very homey. Right. And Her house was a little empty, too, right? Empty. It was very modern, very streamlined. Yeah. There wasn't any kind of, like, real personal items around. It was yeah. almost like, it was. It, I wouldn't say it was hospital-like, but it was like when she left the family home, which was obviously the, fa- because if the boy's room was there and there, the dish was there, that was where Ethan had lived. When she left, she started a whole nother life, yeah. separate from them, Absolutely. and clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like a choice to be, you know, washed away of all that nostalgia and the typical nuclear family, which yeah. was, you know, they were encased in this beautiful big old Victorian with this porch and the yard and all those things that you think of like old-fashioned families. And I think you know, she didn't lifestyle. want to remember the past. I think it was too painful for her. Too painful. So everything yeah. had to Cut be new. Yeah. yeah. New and Cut different. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it was funny that the husband never said a word, did he? The hu- oh, the, her, um, Abby's the husband? Character? Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think he ever said a word. Maybe at the end he said goodbye. At the end, <laughs> at the end I think he said, "I'm going around to get the car," and that's about yes, it. Yes, he did say yeah. he was going to get the car. That's right. Yeah. That was his. Which I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like we're not seeing any relationship with them. It's just sort of he's the substitute husband for I guess what yeah. the father was. Yeah, and he's that... very different from the father. The father was very loving. Yeah, he brought people. So you know that helped to add to Deborah Winger's new life. The whole change in her. Now, when Rachel visits the mother at the mother's house and they're discussing the baby after she she announces that she's pregnant and 
and she says to the mother, I hope it's a boy. Mm-hmm. My feeling later on when I thought about this was, ah, she wanted to replace Ethan. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Right? That it would be like, oh, it would make the family whole again in a way. Yeah. Yeah. If she yeah. had this boy. Absolutely. You know, she, um, she obviously missed Ethan because she said, she said um, at one point, well, oh, I wish Ethan was here. Yeah. I wish Ethan was here. And then the father says, yeah, I know too. But you're right. I think they were looking to replace him. Obviously, he, he left a huge void. And he left Kim, a huge void for everyone. Kim was always the reminder that he wasn't there and exactly. what had happened. That's right. Even though I, I did get the impression that they didn't, they blamed her, but they didn't quite blame her because they blamed the addiction. And yet they, they couldn't separate themselves from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's when, when they were in, uh, in the, when the, with the big fight scene after the party when, when Kim says something like, uh, you know, who do you want me to be? Mm-hmm. You know, she, yeah. she's still she's struggling within herself and then always with everybody else. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but a, a very poignant moment was when Kim, after the car accident, the next morning she shows up and she's got the black eye. She goes upstairs. She knocks on the sister's door who's in her wedding dress. And she takes the wedding dress off and bathes the sister. Yes. And I Puts Kim in the tub and washes her face. And after all that Kim had done to Rachel in the past yeah. couple of days, to do that, that's just, you know what, that's, I think, a familial thing. The where you know, No matter what happens, you know, you can put aside the, the horrible things that were done and said. Right. And, and just continue, you know... That's your sister. Bottom and line, then, that's your sister no matter what happens. No matter what, you're still yeah. sisters. So it's the, yeah. You know, you can have the knockdown, drag out fights, but in the end, you're still sisters. Yeah. Um, interestingly, when, when after she, gets, they, she has the, the bath and she cleans herself up, she gets into the bridal gear, which are, are saris. Yeah. And, which I thought was an interesting choice because it, it, it's almost like they were in swaddling. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Like they wanted to be comforted. Like the the choice yeah. for that for a wedding gown and your bridal party is is not a very traditional choice. Although this yeah. wasn't a traditional family in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting choice that they all had this like swaddling wrap around them, like a cocoon and, almost. And remember too that Rachel did not like the color choice. Yes. And demanded to get gray. I want a gray. Sorry. You and know I. I wasn't sure on my television screen if it turned out that she got the gray. Was it gray? It looked like it was, but then at times it kind of looked like it could have been a light purple. Which the was lighter purple. So but, I don't know, maybe like the main part was gray and just like the sash was the purple. But if she got something different from the other yeah. girls and from Emma. Yeah. She wanted to be different than Emma. You got it. You, by the way, Emma and Kim, intense dislike for each other. Yes. We hadn't already mentioned that intense dislike for each other. But do you think, I think that was jealousy, not necessarily dislike. Um, yeah, it's ab- yeah, absolutely jealousy. Because you know what, who, I think they were battling for who was going to be Rachel's go-to girl. You know, we all have right. that go-to girl. When times are tough, we know we can turn to them, call them at any time in the, in the middle of the night. And I think that's what they were battling for, that position. Yes, I agree. You know? And, and they both jockeyed around whatever was happening. Like, exactly. whatever, no, whatever was, let me be clear, whatever was happening moved their 
rank or their position to Rachel for them, like the universe yeah. was moving them, or like they couldn't quite control it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things would happen, and then they, one would be on top, and the other one wouldn't be. You know, so there was always this struggle going on. Um, now we get to the wedding. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to the set just a little bit. Sure. They have this, uh, the, you know, the third day or whatever it is of the setup. They have a tent. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting choice. I mean, a lot of people use tents for weddings, but in this particular case, where all these people, uh, different ethnic uh, backgrounds and cultures were coming together for this wedding under this like temporary house, where they all were supposed to get along for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they did. But when the tent comes down and goes away, they all go away. Everybody's separate again. Yep, they all disperse. That's right. Which you know I guess is the you know the bottom line of a wedding. Everybody comes together when you have a, a party for for a couple, and you're supposed to be or you are happy, and things you know go on. But this was the fact that it was so temporary, mm. and it, it it just there was something in that. You know, Lucy, you have a great eye for symbiology. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you really do. You're picking all the. I'm like, wow, that's really neat. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree completely. I agree completely. Because the tent went down and everybody left. Everybody left. Which obviously the wedding's over, but there was something about that that temporary tent that that yeah. and, and also like when the mother was under the tent, she was going along with everything. Yeah, yeah. Abby, and, and when left. she came out, mm-hmm. she made her exit being. Uh, at, at a point where she's in the house, they're they're looking for her, and she comes up, and and just so the audience knows, it's it's Rachel with her now husband and Kim standing together in the house, and the mother enters and she's making her goodbyes very quickly. Yeah. The wedding is n- no way over at this point, yeah. and they're like, "What do you mean? You're leaving already?" Yeah, yeah. And she makes this lame excuse about, "Oh, my, you know, her husband has to be in." Washington D.C. tomorrow, and she's got to go home and get him ready because you know how he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they would know. Like they would know. Whatever you know? she said, it was such a lame excuse. Like it, it was yeah. you, use the man as the excuse, yeah. not really. Don't deal with the issue. Exactly. Yeah. She she didn't want, and they were like, uh, and you saw their faces. And I thought that was a very poignant moment for the two of them. And what I noticed was when they hugged goodbye, oh. Rachel was in the middle. Yeah, I picked up on that as well. I said, you know what? She is the glue, the only bit of glue that is keeping anything together between the mother and Kim. And she's going to Hawaii. Uh, the mother? No, Rachel. Remember when she's getting ma- after getting married, yeah. they, they were going right. to move to back to Hawaii where the fiancé was from. So now right. she would be gone. So, you know, you have to wonder, like, what's going to happen to this family mm-hmm. if she is the glue. And you're right. I think she was the glue that was still yeah. keeping everything together. And they all came together for this wedding. But, again, when the tent goes, everybody goes. Yeah. It was that, I think that hug scene mm-hmm. between the three of them was just so compelling. I think, I thought it spoke volumes. There was barely any words involved. And Deborah Winger did a good job. Oh my gosh! You could see just on her face the pain. Yeah, she just wanted she to get didn't out want of to that be there. Yup, she wanted. Oh. She did not want to. And even when they were cutting the cake and all the hands came in, yeah, she, she pulled her the hands last. away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Do you think there was any forgiveness? I think forgiveness about Ethan's death, or uh, or anything. Was there ever? Did they ever get to the point of any forgiveness? 
I don't, with the mother, no. I don't think the mother is ever going to be capable of forgiving. Do you think Rachel could forgive Kim? I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think maybe, you know, it might, it might be one of those things that it's not going to be a complete forgiveness. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be that scab. And bottom line, that's her sister. Right. And they have enough of a closeness that the sister wins out, you know, the sisterly bond wins out. Um, okay, we're getting a, a little, uh, I think we've pretty much covered it. We're getting a little long, so I want to uh, start to think about wrapping it up. Is there anything else that you um, want to add? You know, um, I'm just going to say, overall, I thought it was an excellent movie. I Like you said, there's so many layers to this movie. A lot of female uh, relationships going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought it was an honest look. An honest look into a, a crippled family unit, which was which is completely complex and but very rewarding at times, I think as well. Yeah, so it's just uh, I think it's a great movie, great directing, excellent acting, and I would encourage everyone to see it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Yeah, yeah, ditto on that. Uh, definitely worth seeing. Uh, be prepared to attend a wedding. Yeah. Because that's really what it felt like to me. Afterwards, I felt like I felt exhausted at the end. Right. It's like true. I had been at a three-day event. Yeah. 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 So the Jonathan Demi, excellent directing. As mm-hmm. far as that, it was the first time in a long time where I really felt that from a film where I was like, wow, I feel like I was there. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, this has been great, and thank you, Susan, for chatting with me about this movie. Uh, I'm looking forward to picking another film for July's Chick yeah. Flick Chat on Here We Are at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and just so the listeners know, you can listen to this episode at Blog Talk Radio or at www.herewearewithlucy.com, and that will be listed under the TV, film, and pop culture category, of course, um, and it will be posted shortly. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next show. And the topic is Calling All Women, What You Must Know About Your Body and Synthetic Hormones and How Herbs Can Help. And I'll be having a professional herbalist as my guest, Cynthia Johnston, of Moonmade Botanicals. And no matter what your age, join us as we will explore natural ways to feel better and live healthier. Also, I invite you to come by www.herewearewithlucy.com for lots of great info on making your busy life brighter, better, and easier on our way to running the world. Remember to subscribe for free email updates. It's free. We never share or sell your information, and you'll be included in our monthly promotional giveaways. So be sure to put your email address in the subscription box and remember to verify it. This is your host from Here We Are with Lucy on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Lucy Weston, and thanks for tuning in. I look forward to talking with you next time on Here We Are. Bye now, and thanks, Susan. See you next Thank month. Thank you, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.